Hello everyone and welcome to the Stephen King cast, one man's musings on the works of Stephen King. Once I reviewed each of his works in the chronological order of publication, but Ka is a wheel, it all goes round again, and here I am once more on a new phase of the journey, one that will examine each of the endings of the works of Stephen King to determine whether or not King deserves his reputation for having an inability to successfully land his endings. The focus of the podcast will be to examine the climax, falling action, and resolution of the endings of each of his novels and break it down by character, themes, conflict, and plot to determine whether or not it meets the criteria of being an objectively good ending. I will also weigh in on whether or not I happen to like the ending. And today I'm here to discuss the ending of Rose Matter. So, um, before I get to that, I want to acknowledge some other sounds that you might be hearing. I do apologize. Um, for those of you listening for the first time, let me introduce you to my furry co-host. Maybe say hi. This is my 13-year-old pug, who, um, is a glorified pillow that needs to be around me at all times. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen The Mitchells vs. The Machines yet, but that movie has probably the best, uh, representation of a pug um, and pug life uh, that I've I've seen in in quite some time. It's really really funny. It's a great movie. It's a great movie. But for for fans of pugs, uh, the the creators of that movie they get it. They get it. The uh, the dog uh, pig loaf of bread joke uh, really landed really well in this house. Um, so those of you listening for the first time, thank you for for tuning in. Um, I'm sure that you probably did a search for Stephen King um, and saw a plethora of awesome podcasts to choose from and the fact that you chose mine. Um, thank you. Thank you for doing that. There is a giant backlog for you to work your way through. Um, just let me sort of orient you as to what the Stephen King is um, in context of what it used to be. So I started out um, back in the summer of 2014 and I was I had a mission to go through each of King's works in the chronological order of publication um, to examine the, the the themes and the patterns of of each of the books how they um, interacted with each other on both a thematic level and a um, you know liter- literal level how the characters um, referenced each other um, and so on and so forth and I did it I got through all the books, and since then I've done some top ten lists, I've done some reviews, um, I've done reviews of some other books, I've uh, went back and picked up some of the the short stories that I I might have missed. Um, But what I have been doing lately, it's as I had just stated in the opening, I am uh, reviewing each of the endings of King's works, because King has a a reputation for not being able to... um, to end his books, and I'm working my way through his bibliography to see if that is true, and what the what are the metrics that we're using to uh, to, to land at this particular conclusion. And through it, it's been a really fascinating process for me. Um, it it really has made me understand that we as a culture put too much emphasis on endings, um, that the ending is only one portion of a larger story um, and the the ending doesn't need to service all uh, of what had come before it. Um, and so it's been very interesting for me to, to, to really examine what it means 
when we talk about endings. Um, so that's why we look from the, the, the climax onward um, in terms of, of endings. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm providing a specific chunk of each part of the story and, and trying to break it down as much as possible. Um, so that is what the, the podcast is now. If you like the podcast, if you have been going through old episodes or you're sticking through this one and you 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 like it, um, please head on over to iTunes, leave a review, uh, write me a message. It would really help me out. Um, and then you can always share your thoughts by writing to stephenkingcast at yahoo.com. I love uh, listener emails. Um, I love hearing from all of you, and you can follow me on um, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. But I gotta be honest, guys. I have made a um, a decision to really start to stay away from Twitter, just for my own sanity. Um, I know that you know. I'm sure that there has been other podcasts that you have listened to, or maybe friends that you have talked to that have made similar decisions. Like, hey, I'm just gonna stay away from Twitter. Um, and I just needed to do that for, for myself. I have just found myself just lost in an angry uh, rabbit hole on, on Twitter um, where I, I could just be interacting with my family or, or doing something more productive rather than just scrolling through through Twitter. So I've been, I, I haven't really been engaging much on Twitter, um, but I'm sure that I'll be back at some point. You can follow me on over there. Okay, so it has been a while, guys. So I, I just addressed every new listener that I might have, but really I want to welcome back all of um, all of the faithful listeners that have been with me uh, for years at this point. Um, thank you. Thank you for, for being so patient. I know it's got to suck when you have a podcast that you like and it doesn't come out regularly. Um, you know, every episode, I, I apologize and I say that I'm, I'm busy in the real world. Um, but in the real world, it's, it's been pretty busy. And when I've had a, a down moment, um, I've just I've been too exhausted to to even hook up the microphone um, and, and record my thoughts. But I have found myself with with some time on my hands this weekend, and I wanted to, to start to um, you know do some recording just to get a bank of episodes out there um, in the hopes that I, I can. Uh, get back on the regular a little bit um, so I can start seeing you once a week rather than once every four months or so. Um, so today, what we're going to be doing is talking about Rose Matter. If you have not listened to all of my thoughts on Rose Matter, I would suggest heading on over to um, you know the, the earlier episode. Just scroll back in the feed until you find Rose Matter. Um, to listen to my thoughts, um, and that will help orient us as I talk about the ending of Rose Matter. But first, what I'm going to do, I'm going to read the Wikipedia summary um, so I have a basis upon which I can build my analysis. In the prologue, which takes place in 1985, Rose Daniel's husband, Norman, beats her while she is four months pregnant, causing her to suffer a miscarriage. Rose briefly considers leaving Norman, but dismisses the idea. Norman is a policeman and is excellent at finding people. Norman also has a violent temper and was recently accused of assaulting an African-American woman named Wendy Yarrow. This subsequent lawsuit and internal affairs investigation has made him even more volatile. Nine years later, when Rose is making the bed, she notices a drop of blood on the sheet from her nose the night before. Norman had punched her in the face for spilling iced tea on him. Rose realizes that she has passively suffered through Norman's abuse for 14 years, and that if she continues to put up with it, he may well eventually kill her. Rose decides to leave Norman, departing from her unidentified city on a bus with their bank card. 
Once Norman realizes that Rose is gone, he resolves to hunt her down and kill her. Rose arrives in a Midwestern city, disoriented and afraid. When she arrives at the bus station, she meets a man named Peter Slowick, who guides her to a women's shelter. There, she quickly makes several friends, and with the help of the shelter's director, Anna Stevenson, gets an apartment and a job as a hotel housekeeper with her new friend, Pam. Rose decides to pawn her engagement ring, only to learn that it's absolutely worthless. However, she notices a painting of a woman in a rose matter gown and immediately falls in love with it. She trades her ring for the painting, which has no artist's signature. Outside, a stranger asks her to read a passage from a novel and is so impressed that he offers her a job recording audiobooks. Bill Steiner, the nice gentleman who owns the pawn shop, asks her for a date. Rose soon falls in love with him, although she is afraid to begin a new relationship. Rose discovers that the painting seems to peri periodically change and is eventually able to travel through it. On the other side, she encounters a woman called Dorcas, who resembles Wendy Yarrow, as well as the woman in the Rose Matter gown. Rose refers to her as Rose Matter because of her gown and her evident insanity. Rose Matter asks Rose to rescue her baby from an underground labyrinth inhabited by a one-eyed blind bull called Aranes, who relied on his sense of smell. Dorcas, or Wendy, leads Rose to the edge of the temple grounds and warns Rose of several dangers and trials that await her on the mission. Dorcas cannot enter the labyrinth due to being infected with the same mysterious illness as her mistress, which would apparently allow Aranes to smell her. Before Rose parts from Dorcas, she is made to strip naked. Dorcas instructs Rose to rip her nightgown into several strips. One is soaked in Dorcas's blood and tied around a rock. Rose then wraps the bloodied rock in the remainder of her nightgown so its scent cannot escape. Rose then continues into the temple, cold and alone. She continues to argue with herself, trying to decide if she is dreaming or if everything is really happening. There seems to be too much detail for it to be a dream, but Rose still cannot side, seem to decide for certain. Rose manages to save the child and escape Aranese and returns the baby girl whom Rose has temporarily named Caroline since that was the name she had chosen for the infant Norman caused her to miscarry to Rose Matter who promises to repay her. Rose returns to her world and puts the strange incident in the back of her mind. Norman, who has arrived and was alluded to be Chicago, attacks some of Rose's friends from the daughters and sisters murders Anna and Pam and then goes to confront Rose at her apartment. Norman kills the policeman assigned to protect Rose and poses as one of them in the patrol car and is able to see Rose and Bill returning from the police station. He attacks them both, almost strangling Bill to death, but Rose is able to fight him off because she believes uh, she is wearing the golden arm circlet Rose Matter had given her. After inflicting an enormous amount of damage to Norman, she carries Bill to the apartment, where Rose sees the circlet on the table and realizes she's been fighting Norman the whole time. She then tricks Norman into following her and Bill into the painting, where Rose leads Norman, who has turned into Aranese the Bull, to Rose Matter, who kills him. Rose returns to her world with the instructions from Rose Matter to remember the tree, where she leads a normal life with no further summons from Rose Matter. She marries Bill and has a daughter, but finds that the violent rages which characterize both Norman and Rose Matter have begun to spring up within her. She then remembers that Rose Matter, perhaps foreseeing the problem, allowed her to take some dangerous seeds home with her, and Rose plants the last remaining seed along with Norman's police ring in a secret grove by her favorite lake and finds that the seed grows into a beautiful but deadly tree. She revisits the, that tree periodically as it grows and is able to release her rage and go on with her life. Okay, um, so let's talk about the criteria for a good ending. Um, and I'm just going to be brutally honest. In order for me 
to do this right, I would need to reread Rose Matter. If you have listened to my review of Rose Matter, it is not one of my favorite Stephen King novels. And I think that it gets lost in its um, uh, mythic and mythological um, examinations and world building. Um, you know, it, it, it feels purposefully so with like the real world smashing up and bleeding into some classic Greek myth, but a messy myth that it's just kind of smearing together in a dream world state. Um, that is the author's intent. Your mileage may vary on how well you respond to it. I know that my response to it is that I would prefer there to be more rules established. Um, I just find it overall messy. And for me, personally, the last time I reread it, um, the, the, the characters, especially Norman, were, were too cartoonishly evil. Um, so I, I, I'm coming in, I'm coming into this with some baggage. And I always try to be as objective as possible with my reviews, but I'm going to be very honest. I'm doing something that I never want to do, and I try not to do, and I very rarely do. I am making claims without having as as much information to make those claims. I like having an informed opinion, and I don't remember this book as much as I remember many other Stephen King novels because it is not one that I go back to very often, and it's not one that my mind um, turns over very often. So the memories and the recollections that I have of Rose Matter... Um, because they are shaped by um, not really emotionally responding to it favorably, those memories are, are, are faded, fuzzy, and tinged and marred by those emotions. So I just want full disclosure, I am not at my best when reviewing this novel. So for instance, I don't have the chronology down so I can't even tell you when I'm actually beginning my review of the end. Where would you say the climax is? I want to go from the climax on. Listeners, I'm going to need your help in my review. I have my notes down, but those of you, and I know that there are some of you that are massive Rose Matter fans, that Rose Matter really speaks to you and that you can see the emotional truth in it. And you can see the horrors within this story being played out in reality. That it isn't over the top. That King really nailed it. Um, and that what he's doing here is incredibly important work. For those of you who really do buy into what King is, is selling with Rose Matter, please help me out. Please write into Stephen Kingcast at yahoo.com. Tell me what I'm getting wrong. And, and help me out with my with what I'm trying to say and help shore up my thoughts. So where does the beginning end? Or where, where does the ending begin, I should say? Where is the climax here? Is it when um, 
Norman arrives? Is it when um, when when she she first leaves the the um, you know the the, the other world um, after saving the the child? Is it everything from that point forward, um, or is it um, when she tricks Norman into going into the painting? Is, is that where the the ending is? Um, where would you see the the climax take place? If the climax is the is where the, the conflict comes to a head. Um, the most exciting point. What, what, what would we say that is? Shoot me an email. Let me know. But let's just say this. Does it, I'm going to ask you this question. Does it provide an appropriate conclusion to its characters? That's consistent with the characters' actions, conflicts, or themes from the book. Yeah, I would say so. I think, um, you know, I, I think that Rose, um, you know, her ending... You know, with her, you know, being able to go into this other world and have the strength to go into this other world um, to confront Norman and to introduce Norman to this monstrous, insectile um, twinner that she has, this dark version of herself that, metaphorically speaking, which I'll get to in a second, was born out of the relationship and the abuse that... Um, she suffered as a result of uh, of Norman throughout the years. The fact that his undoing comes at the hands of the externalization of this part of her that he shaped. Yeah, I think that that's very appropriate. Um, so I, I, I do think that from a character standpoint, yes, um, it is consistent. Um, it is consistent with the character's actions, conflicts, or themes of the book. Does it successfully wrap up the plot? Specifically, do the events build upon one another with consistency? Um, much like I discussed in Insomnia, there's a, a real lack of structure to the rules of this, this, um, this mythic fantasy world that King has created here. Um, you know, wh- why does Norman turn into a bull? Why is he seemingly possessed? Thematically, yes, all of this makes sense. Um, but from a plot perspective, does it? I, I don't think that it does. I, I would say from a plot perspective, things happen in this novel. Um, I don't read it with a, a sense of a ticking time bomb. Norman functions as a ticking time bomb. But to me, there there, there is not a... a I don't know. Here I here I go. Here I I'm talking about something without having recently been informed about it. I I want. I was about to say, when I read this novel, which has been a while, I don't read it with a sense of dread hanging over it. But I don't think that that's true. Once I say that out loud, um, so I would say that the events of Norman making his way to Chicago or the unnamed city um, don't seem to propel him as a character or propel. The plot forward. Um, there is a circuitous um, nature to the novel um, with with Rose uh, brushing up against um, the, the painting, entering the painting, coming out of the painting, going back into the painting, um, that I, I don't believe propels the plot. If I was to be 
generous to the the story and give it accolades i would give it accolades for how it treats the characters what it does thematically i just don't know if i can really give it um you know a, a gold star for the ending of the plot when i i don't fully agree that the plot really builds upon itself i think that it, it exists within the conceptual phase i just don't think that it the the concept was able to be truly turned into an actualized plot with um sequential events that push the the, the story forward um, does the conclusion serve the theme, symbolism, and motifs? Um, yes. Um, as I stated before, Norman's brutal end um, by the personification of Rosie's um, strength and anger and this, this darkness that has been created within her um, due, to, due to his own actions, I, I believe that that is a, a, a fitting end for this, this horrific character. What is the most famous scene in the novel? Um, and does it appear in the conclusion of the story? I don't know. I, I don't know. That's the thing. I don't know if there is a famous scene of Rose Matter. Rose Matter is not a novel that is um, discussed um, much in the world of, of Stephen King. It's, it's not one that, that um, tends to be at the top of people's lists. Um, it's certainly not... Um, uh, in conversation outside of the Stephen King uh, fan community, then um, that is simply by nature that there there really isn't a corresponding adaptation. Um, which you know, once the adaptation comes out, that could change. I think that this is ripe for an adaptation for um, a number of reasons. Um, I, I think that you know, though it's it's not trending as much as it did two three years ago and though it's not talked about as much as it was two three years ago the me too um, movement and the conversation around around it um is is wonderful fuel for this novel um there's that um and and i'm trying to say this with without um without making any sort of without trying to bring politics uh into this but the fact that Norman is a corrupt police officer at the center of a murder of, um, you know, a, a black person is incredibly relevant for 2021. Um, and I think that, that that could be really explored um, in, in a movie. Um, so I don't know what the most famous scene is, um, but I, I think that if there is a movie um, version that comes out in the next few years, that could change. But I, I should say that there hasn't really been any announcements about a movie. I, it's It's been optioned. Um, there, there was some uh, discussion a few years ago, but I don't think that anything is uh, really happened um in 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 that i don't think that any any movement has, has happened with um with the adaptation i i will say that i oh hold on i'll, I'll save that until my, my my final thoughts um next question is are there other factors that we need to consider 
Um, yeah, the imagery of the the, the insect, the mutated, or, I mean, the, the insectile uh, mutated rose matter, it's it's very, very effective. Um, you know, the, the, the imagery throughout the novel, the, you know, and, and, and though I, I might prefer other fantastical worlds that he has created to this one within Rose Matter, I still think the manner that he he, he creates and paints this particular world. Um, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's king, you know? Um, okay. So here, here's two questions from a subjective standpoint. Do I like the ending? Nah, not really. I'm not, not a huge fan of this ending. However, um, is it a good ending based on all of the questions that I asked? Um, based on the conversation that, you know, we just had about this ending. I think it's a good ending, just not one that I happen to prefer. But I, I think that it it serves the characters, it serves the themes. Um, it, it, I'm not quite sure about the plot, um, but conflict, themes, characters, yes. Um... So, I mean, I, I, I have to say it's a good ending. I just don't like the ending very much, but it's a good ending. Um, which, uh, let, let's look at the tallies so far. So, if my numbers are right, I happen, I think that I've stated I like 23 out of 24 of King's endings. Um, and I've landed on 21 of the 24 endings that we've done so far um, have been good. So, that's... Uh, I think that he's he's doing okay with his endings. Um, now about Rose Matter, though I'm not the biggest fan of Rose Matter, I want to be. It's one of those examples where I just want to be proven wrong. I want someone to write in. I want someone to tell me why I'm not looking at this the right way, or the reasons why it is better than I think that it is. Um, please write in. And it's funny that I'm, I'm doing Rose Matter now because when I've been thinking about Rose Matter lately, I've been thinking about Lisey's story. And I think that there, that, you know, the, the term twinner exists a lot in the, in the world of Stephen King. And I think that, you know, um, there, there's definitely some twinning going on with Rose Matter and, and Lisey's story in some way that the, the trailer for Lisey's story just came out. Um, and it looks incredibly faithful to the novel and the, 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 the other world that King creates there in many ways always reminded me of the, the other world that King created in, in Rose Matter. I'm not saying that they're the same, but, um, you know, they, they, they just, there is a, a dreamlike quality to both of them that I think is apparent in, in each of their respective novels. And, um, you know, with Lisey's story again, much like Rose Matter, I'm I'm I wasn't a huge fan of Lisey's story. Um, I wanted to like Lisey's story a lot. Um, I know that King, that's his. It's he has stated that it's his favorite thing that he's done, and so I'm really rooting for this show because he was the, the he he wrote each of the scripts, um, so he has an, a, another chance to be able to tell. Um, what is for him a very personal story, um, and I don't think that it's it's much of a stretch to 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 think that he put a lot of Scott um, of himself into Scott, um, and and a lot of the relationship between he and Tabitha and their long love that they have had, um, and uh, you know the the almost. 
I don't know, I, I'm, I'm projecting um, a, a scenario based on a, a man and, and a, a woman that I've, I've never met. Um, but I, I, I just wonder if, you know, a lot of, you know, Stephen King's guilt that he might have um, for being so immersed in other worlds, um, you know, at, at, at what, what expense, you know what is the um, the price that um, a marriage pays um, when when there is a Stephen King that is one one half of the the, the partnership there. Um, so there's a lot of emotional um, material to be mined, and I think that there is a, an emotional potency in in Lisey's story. Um, and what I am hoping for, I'm so hoping for this, is that Lisey's story does for me what Mr. Mercedes, the David E. Kelly show, did for the book. I did not like the book. I famously did not like Mr. Mercedes, the book, but I loved that first season, and I need to go back. I need to watch the other seasons. Um, so I'm hoping that Lisey's story uh, does the same. It looks like it has a great cast. The, the, the imagery is on point. Um, with what we have seen in the trailer, so I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm I'm really and that's gonna be something that I I can't wait to sit down and watch. Can't promise that I'll do any sort of review around it. Um, you know, I made that promise with the stand. Look how that turned out. Um, you know, I I want to get lost in Lisey's story. I want to get lost in the world, and I want to get lost in the emotion of it all. So that's what I'm looking forward to. Um, Okay, guys, so that's that's all that I got uh, for this week. Um, <laughs> normally, I would say tune in next week, but hey, uh, I you know, you never know. Uh, that's what I'll say. Tune in next week um, where I will review the ending of The Green Mile. Um, and if you haven't uh, left a review on iTunes, please, that would really help me out. If you want to um, give me any thoughts, please write into stephenkingcast at yahoo.com. Um, and may you have long days and pleasant nights, and I'll see you here next time where M-O-O-N spells Stephen Kingcast.